it's great to welcome everybody here to this Mass on the fourth Sunday of Easter, traditionally known as Good Shepherd Sunday. Over the course of the, I guess now, six or so weeks of quarantine, one of the questions that I've received the most often is, is, Father, what is it like to be a priest, but more specifically a pastor, sort of disconnected with a majority of your parishioners, not having Mass on Sunday, not having the normal activity, particularly here at a student center, where there would normally be a number of students here from 7 a.m. till about 10 p.m. studying and drinking coffee and having different events. And I thought, as I prepared for this homily, that another way you could have phrased that is, what is it like being a shepherd without his sheep around? What is that experience like, putting it in context of the gospel from today? And so I'd use that to sort of look at today's gospel and try to maybe understand it a bit better in order to give a response. Normally, when we think of a shepherd, at least I do, and again, I don't know a lot about shepherding sheep, you normally think that there's the shepherd, he's got his rod and his staff, and he's got this big group of sheep, and he's kind of guiding them from pasture to pasture, sort of guarding all, guard, or warding off the wolves and attacks, making sure that they have food to eat. In fact, he might even be sort of in the middle of the herd of the sheep. Like Pope Francis said a few years ago, it's getting the smell of the sheep on you because you're there in the midst of the herd. But the gospel today points to something else, something else that I had never maybe really recognized about the nature of being a shepherd in relationship to the sheep. Jesus says that the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. They hear it. They recognize it. Why? Because they spend so much time with the shepherd that they hear his voice, but more specifically, that the shepherd calls his own sheep by name. The shepherd doesn't just know, oh, this is just a big herd of sheep that all basically look the same. No, I know how many sheep I have. I know who they are. I know what they look like. And I know their name. And they know my voice because I am around them so often. I know them as individuals, not just as a group. And so while I, as a priest and a pastor, am not necessarily meeting with my herd. They're not gathering at mass. They're not sitting around wasting time in the cafe when they probably should be studying. I don't have that experience, as a lot of priests don't, of the shepherd in relationship to the herd, the group. But I do have a very real experience over the course of these past six weeks of that one-on-one connection and coming to know and continuing to relate to parishioners and specifically students on a one-to-one basis. Still hearing confessions every day and a good three or four hours, if not more of every day, is taken up with spiritual direction and mentoring and guiding the students. And while, of course, there's a lot of great things happening, I get to hear a lot about those, 
particularly with exams being this week and the fact that we're living through this surreal time. We've got a lot of individuals, a lot of our students who are struggling with anxiety, depression, and just sort of questioning what the future holds. And so I'm able to be able to meet one-on-one. The truth is, I've said before, I kind of like it. I'm an introvert. I avoid the big crowds. I get to do that one-on-one relation with the students and the people with whom I meet. But it's given me pause to sort of reflect a little bit about ministry. Specifically here, I guess, ministry on a college campus, although I think you could sort of extrapolate it to apply it to any type of ministry within the church. After this is over, when we get to the new normal, whatever it is and whenever it is, how are things specifically with a church parish and specifically when it comes to ministering to college students and young adults, how are things going to be different? Certainly there are going to be certain things that are the same, but what is life going to look like beyond the fact that we're going to probably have to use a lot of hand sanitizer and wear masks more often? Now, again, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but I can assume there are going to be fewer herds. Or if the herd is going to gather may have to gather in certain parts. You're not going to have massive gatherings, at least in the near future. Instead, there's probably going to be more of an emphasis on small groups, on small gatherings, or even on that one-to-one connection. And I bring this up because a couple of weeks ago, I stumbled upon an article that referred to a study that was recently done called the from the Spring Tide Research Institute, and the study, you can buy it online, called Belonging, Reconnecting America's Loneliness Generation. It was a study that was done recently, and a big majority of it during the beginning times of the quarantine, on young adults or youths aged range from 13 to about 25. And they noticed, as we probably can all expect, during this time of social distancing, there have been some changes. One surprising thing is, is the faith of these individuals, these young people, seems not to have changed. In fact, they've grown. There seems to be more prayer and reaching out to God. However, many felt so much more isolated, alienated, and alone. But what the the article I read that sort of summarized the study pointed out is that the the people, these young people, are lonely and they're looking for people to reach out to them, to ask them how they're doing, to establish that one-on-one connection. But the clergy and adults make up less than 1% of the people who are doing it. Now, granted, with minors, that's going to be because of safe environment, which is very, very important. But here we're talking up to the age of 25. We still have a vast majority of college students and young adults who are feeling lonely, and there's no adult, there's no mentor, there's no religious sister, there's no priest reaching out to them. It just tends to be peers, and peer-to-peer connection is very, very important, but the study makes the point that it's important to have shepherds reach out to the sheep. It's great for the sheep to relate to each other, but sometimes you need to have older people. People have a little bit more wisdom. Parent figures, father, mother figures, priests, 
adults, guides there to offer support. And the studies showed that whenever someone had that, they uh, of eight, 80 percent of the people who reached out, got reached out to by an adult or a father figure or a clergy member felt less lonely. There was a big, big change. And my own experience over the course of the past six weeks of doing a lot of one-on-one connection, I've seen the change and I've seen the difference. And so moving forward from what I've read and from what I've experienced, I'm going to believe that big retreats and, and conferences and big liturgies are good and important. But what really matters for young people today to bring about the conversion of heart, what's at the core of the ministry, is not necessarily what's done on the big level, but what's done one-on-one. That what wins people over, what changes hearts, is when young people are seen, known, and loved. It's all of us. When we're seen, we're known, and we're loved... We're ministered to at the core of our being. We make that one-on-one connection, which allows us to know that we belong. And that's what this study shows, and that's what my experience shows, is that people want to belong. They want to know that they're seen and they are loved. And that happens mainly on the individual or potentially small group connection. And this is Jesus' method. Go look at Scripture. Indeed, Jesus preached to the crowds. He preached and fed the 5,000. He ministered to the large herd. But most of the Lord's work was done with the 12. And even within the 12, with the three, Peter, James, and John. He knew each of them by name. He called them by name. They responded to his voice. It is a clear evidence of the importance of quality over quantity. It's not that we don't need to minister to the large groups, but the much more effectiveness, and I can tell you that from my own experience, of people who convert and after they leave campus and they go out into the real world, the ones that maintain their faith and evangelize others are the ones who have been ministered to on a one-to-one basis. They've been invested in One of the analogies I like to use is imagine that you had $100. What's going to be more effective in the long run? Giving $1 to 100 people and saying, go spend it, or giving 25 to 4? 25 to 4 people is going to be much more effective. may not seem that way because we like results, we like big groups, but it's going to be that one-on-one relation of knowing the sheep by name and calling them that's going to lead to transformation. And I think this is what we're going to see in the church and particularly on campus ministry or in campus ministries throughout the nation. Not that we're going to avoid the other things, even though to a great degree we may be forced to for a while. There's going to have to be more small group and investment in the individual. And we're already planning for this next year. I'm pretty sure we're going to have fewer big retreats. I don't know if they're going to have massive national conferences, not as many larger gatherings, but instead more of an emphasis on small groups, on Bible studies of five to ten people, and even more on that one-to-one connection. I know I'm going to be doing a lot more spiritual direction, and I know that our campus ministers, our focus ministers, 
and those are here who do lead small groups, they're going to be doing a lot more one-on-one discipleship because this is where we see results happen and is going to become much more economically viable. I've heard me talk about it over the course of the past six weeks and everyone knows the economy's been hit hard. And while we're so blessed that people have been generous to continue to support the ministry, may not have the money to put on a big retreat. We may not be able to afford to send people to these big national conferences if indeed they do happen. And so what we are really looking to do is to continue not only investing in individuals, but really trying to encourage our parishioners, our benefactors, all those who are so generous to invest in our ministers, our focused missionaries, and Matt, and Brenna, our campus ministers, even in myself and Father Pelsier. We're pretty cheap. We don't cost a lot. But to be able to invest in the individuals who reach out to the students. And so last week, we hear so many really profound stories that are moving over the course of, of this quarantine. Now, people reach out in their need, and people respond in tremendous generosity. And so last week, we reached out to some benefactors to say, hey, we're having this big giving day coming up, May the 7th. It's the South Louisiana Giving Day, and, and we're hurting. Our collections are down. We didn't have a chance to do a lot of our big events. And we don't want to end up in the red. And so we figured out what we needed to do. And in three days, in three days, we were able to raise $50,000 from a small group of very generous donors to put up as a matching gift for South Louisiana Giving Day next week. These are people who understand how important ministry is and how important it is to invest in individuals. And so now, the challenge is going to be this week to find people who can match that so we can end up with $100,000 to invest in the ministry, to continue doing what we're doing, and to be able to continue to make this ministry very, very sustainable. So I want to invite everyone who's listening to this to consider getting involved. I know we're all struggling. Even the smallest gift does matter but more importantly, through social media, to go out and let other people know. You can give online or on Thursday, we're gonna be out in the front, I pressure wash the deck, I'm gonna put some really nice plants out there. We're gonna have a party. We're gonna stay six feet away from everybody. If you wanna come by, drop off a gift, come see what we're doing, please do so. Hopefully it's gonna be some nice weather. And I want to just thank everybody in advance for all the prayers, all the support they've given over the course of the years and over these past six weeks to our ministry and to continue in your own life, understanding what we talked about today, to realize the real change, the real investment comes in knowing the individual, knowing the sheep by name, the people the Lord has put into your own life to make sure that they're seen, they're known, and they're loved. And you'll be given that great gift, just as I and the other ministers here have at Our Lady of Wisdom, to lead others to Christ, who is the true Good Shepherd. Amen.